Hi, everyone. Welcome to the June 10th, 2019 edition of the Colorful Plates podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am back from my two-week hiatus. Did y'all miss my southern twang? Today, per usual, we have a weather update and market reports for you. Also, I got to speak with our assistant sourcing manager, Sean Azalio, about grapes and stone fruit, two hot commodities this time of year. I always enjoy getting a chance to chat with Sean, so hang tight after market reports to hear what he has to say. First, I wanted to give a quick update on the Mexican tariff situation. A 5% tariff is scheduled to commence today, affecting all products imported to the U.S. from Mexico, including fresh produce. This has already been affecting Mexican tomatoes as a 17.56% tariff was imposed in May. The true impact of these tariffs is yet to be known, but it is possible these impacts will be passed on to consumers. Stay tuned for updates. Now moving on to our usual reports, our weather first. California has been experiencing cooler temps, but is warming with marine layer conditions, or as I like to call it, June gloom, along the central coast. Mexico is experiencing seasonably warm and dry conditions across most of its growing regions. And finally, the southeastern U.S. is seeing very warm temperatures with widespread showers and thunderstorms. And we're moving right along into what's in peak season and market reports. Brussels sprouts have struggled for the past few months, with abundant rain really putting a damper on quality and supplies. Luckily, the rain gaps are closing in and there is more supply. Sizing will tend to run smaller due to the cold weather. Keep an eye out for this market to continue to adjust. However, asparagus are looking great. All regions have great volume and you don't want to miss out on getting some while the getting's good. I personally like to sub them for Brussels when I want that added crunch and a pop of green on my plate. The market for tenderleaf lettuce continues to stay steady on spring mix, arugula, baby spinach, and cello spinach. However, iceberg lettuce is about to hit a planning gap. Currently, demand exceeds supply. Also, romaine has had less availability, but is expected to bounce back this week. Tenderleaf lettuces will be a more stable option for the next week or so, as the iceberg and leaf lettuce markets level out. One of my favorite summer veggies is squash, and supplies of squash are in good shape, with light supplies from Florida, good supplies from Georgia, and the steady volume starting out of the Carolinas and Virginia. The only drawback in the southeast is the heat, which is hurting the shelf life on yellow squash and causing the plants to stop producing. Luckily, in the west, supplies are good, as well as quality. My favorite application for squash is to cut them in half lengthwise and grill them, or use them in a ratatouille. Lastly, I wanted to check in on all the melons as they are also a summer favorite for many. Mexican cantaloupes are done, but domestic production is in full force with fruit looking good and having bricks levels in the 12 to 16% range. For those of you who may not know, the bricks level refers to the sugar content in fruit. Domestic production is increasing for honeydews, my personal favorite, but growers are facing mostly larger fruit. They are waiting for their fruit to hit a good bricks level and by that time the fruit has only gotten larger. Lastly, good supplies of watermelons are available from Arizona, particularly seedless. Ask your distributor for availability on specialty melons such as Juan Canary, Cassaba, and Crenshaw. That's all I have for a quick rundown of peak season produce and market reports today. Be sure to check out the source provided weekly on ProAct's website at www.proactusa.com under the News tab and then Market Reports for in-depth updates on a multitude of commodities. You can also sign up to receive the source straight to your inbox as soon as it is released each Monday. I spoke with Sean Azalio, ProAct's Assistant Sourcing Manager and go-to guy for all things stone fruit and grapes. Let's take a listen and see what Sean has to say about the state of his commodities and what to expect in the coming months. All right, Sean, so tell us a little bit about your role here at ProAct. 
So I've been with ProAct now for a little over five years. Um, currently, I manage the grapes and stone fruit category, and I also am the um, manager for the procurement team. So I oversee all sourcing specialists and uh, try to help grow all programs. So how did you get into agriculture and produce in particular? Essentially, I'm born and raised in the Slings Valley, and um, it's part of my background. My family was an ag. Although I went to school for something else, I decided to pursue my career in ag after graduating college. And um, I started as a bird dog and, and gradually worked my way up over the course of the last 18, 20 years now. Cool. That's awesome. And then you found yourself at ProAct where you source stone fruit and grapes, like you said. So where are those products coming from this time of year? So right now is a perfect time to talk about both grapes and stone fruit. Um, I'll take grapes first. Um, right now we're right in transition. So winter is import season and all the fruit is coming from um, Chile or Peru or some other uh South American countries, but as we are approaching summer, everything transitions into domestic or Mexican. So currently we are in both Mexican and domestic uh, harvest. There's an overlap there. Um, Mexican season will last another, oh, two months. And then um, we will transition into 100% domestic, which will be out of the Central Valley in California. Uh, currently, we're harvesting grapes down in Coachella, uh, a little further south, uh, more of a desert region because of the warmer weather. But yeah, over the next month, we will have excellent volume of, uh, of grapes out of both areas. Um, looking out towards the summer, we expect to have plenty of supplies, promotional opportunities, excellent quality. Um, with a really wet winter and the warm uh, weather that we expect for summer, we expect to have good yields and high levels of sugar. So it's going to be a going to be a, a good year for grapes. And in terms of stone fruit, um, we are just now getting started with the domestic season. Much like the grapes, the wet winter. Uh, with cool uh, nights um, set up the trees to have a really solid production year. So the weather through the winter months was perfect. Now that we're transitioning into summer um, with the warm weather in, in the Central Valley, um, shippers are expecting to have an excellent season. Um, right now, we are already up and running. We've got yellow and white peach and nectarines that are in full production. Uh, the plum harvest just started, and that will continue to ramp up as we move forward. And we expect over the next three to four months to have excellent availability, really strong quality, high sugar levels, uh, promotable volume. So again, an, an excellent commodity to push going into the summer months. Is that all going to be domestic stone fruit, or are you going to have some imports with that as well? Nope, 100% domestic. So stone fruit and grapes really follow the same seasonality. Um, we will see domestic production last all the way through fall. Typically, the nectarines and peaches start to fall off a little earlier, and then plums and pluots will usually last all the way through October, November. Um, and then we will transition into import, uh, just like the grapes during the wintertime. 
So I know that there's been talks of tariffs potentially on our imports from Mexico. How do you foresee that affecting your day to day? Well, the tariffs are going to have a a huge impact on the industry as a whole, as on the economy as a whole. Um, as of right now, we're posed to start tariffs on Mexican production on Monday, the 10th. Um, now, nothing is set in stone. To the best of my knowledge, everything is really just contingent on what happens with the negotiations. But the industry is preparing itself for for the first round of tariffs, which will start incrementally on Monday. Um, and then it'll go up in steps. I believe it's 5% starting Monday and then uh, go up from there as we move forward in steps. Obviously, that's going to have a big impact on the overall price. Ultimately, you know, we as the consumers are the ones who are going to end up having to to pay that price. Those additional costs will be added on top of the FOB. They're going to be passed directly on to, you know, the buyer. The cost of the goods are going to go up. And ultimately, you'll see that work its way down the supply chain to inevitably at the consumer level. So prices will go up on import fruit um, at the retail level. It could have an impact on restaurants, on uh, operating costs. And if we continue to move forward and the tariffs do stay in place, that impact can um, become worse uh, as we move forward. That being said, when we're looking at grapes in particular, we are actually in a pretty good place. Although Mexico is very strong in production and they have excellent numbers, with the additional tariffs, if that does ultimately um, create a, a too big of an impact on cost, then we have domestic production to bridge that gap. And we will be working towards the full domestic um, season here over the course of the next three to four weeks, you'll see more and more uh, growing areas in California fire up. So I'm not overly concerned about the import fruit in terms of grapes um, or Mexican fruit in terms of grapes. Um, however, it will affect all produce coming from Mexico. It's not just grapes, it's all veg items, everything. So yeah, it, it certainly will have an impact on the industry. Right, I know tomatoes were kind of the first to take that hit um, this past month. Um, I'm interested to see how that does affect chefs in their restaurants. But for now, what should chefs expect in their deliveries of these products? You know, on grapes and stone fruit, the quality is excellent right now. It really is. Um, and that, that holds true for both domestic and Mexican production. We started the season off a little rough. Sugar levels were not... Uh, we're not meeting USDA standards um, out of Mexico. There was a little bit of cooler weather in the very beginning stages of the transition period. However, all of that is now past, and um, we're seeing really big, beautiful grapes, both out of Mexico and out of Coachella. Um, excellent quality, high sugar levels, um, all sizes of fruit are available. Uh, so moving forward, I anticipate, again, to have a really excellent uh, season uh, in regards to, to grape and stone fruit domestically. Can you think of any ways um, that chefs can use these products in innovative ways in their restaurants? I know you're in sourcing, but I'm sure you think about the application of your products you sell. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the applications for 
grapes and, and stone fruit uh, in particular are endless. I mean, um, there's so many different variations. Uh, when, when you're looking at a red grape in particular, a red grape goes really well in salads. It goes well with uh, chicken salads. Um, you can bake um, with, with grapes. Um, on stone fruit, you know, a lot of folks lean on immediately towards the dessert side. But again, um, stone fruit is being utilized in, in many different recipes is being uh, incorporated in, in main dishes on main plates. Um, a lot of different uh, different usage for it. Uh, they're really versatile depending on what variety. If it's a white flesh or a yellow flesh, you can you can apply a, a stone fruit to many you know many different applications. You can incorporate them in purees and sauces, um, reductions. There's a lot of different things you can do. Obviously, desserts are the most popular application, mm-hmm. but um, with grapes, I mean. There's a ton of now, especially with the value-added grapes, the um, 22-pound de-stemmed, um, and we're even looking at a um, a launch of a, a new sliced grape that will hopefully be available by the fall. You know, you talk about a direct application for for a chef when you're looking at a de-stemmed bulk grape, your yield goes up. Your uh, labor costs go down, uh, your quality standards are through the roof. Um, and then, you know, looking at a sliced grape, that's taking it an even a step further when you're looking at a salad bar, um, when you're looking at a, a chicken salad, um, for example, um, you know, for dessert applications. There's many, you know, different ways you can utilize it. But ultimately, the cost saving is what's what's so huge. Um, eliminating all of that overhead of additional labor, handpicking them off the stem, um, losing all that yield, possibly damaging the fruit. All of that goes into play. Whereas you can get a, a perfectly, um, you know, ready to eat sliced or or de-stem grape. It's gonna it's gonna prove to be a big value. What are your favorite fruits you source then? Like, what is your favorite stone fruit? I love plums, um, both red and black, and I love specialty variety pluot. What's a pluot? A pluot is a variety of a plum. Pluots initially started off as a as a, a crossover, mm-hmm. and the fruit is now developed where there's their own seed varieties, and um, it's uh, a really good eating piece of fruit. Um, really. Um, high sugar content, um, it's juicy, it eats well. Um, that's one of my favorites, that and plums. Um, of course, peaches and nectarines are always delicious. Um, and then uh, me personally, I love green grapes. But I'm a green grape girl myself. So As an industry, I think that the red grape fits more into uh, the food service industry and, and more applicable. But yeah, I love a tart green grape. I'm with you on that for sure. I'm definitely gonna have to keep an eye out for those pluots because I've never tried one. Yeah, so the pluots are actually gonna get going here in I'd say another two to three weeks. We'll see the pluot uh, specific varieties get going. Um, and, um, and then those will last all the way through fall. Um, there's a ton of different varieties out there. Some are proprietary. 
Um, specific vendors that we use do have proprietary um, varieties. Uh, there's one in particular called a, a dinosaur pluot, dinosaur egg. And when you look at it, it looks like a dinosaur egg. It's uh, malted, yeah, it's, it's red with white specks delicious. You also do cherries as well, right? That's correct. Um, so cherries is, is a bit of a, a problem child this year. Um, we had started up a couple months ago with California harvest, um, but unfortunately all the growing regions got hit with really heavy rains um, late in the season. And unfortunately, cherries do not react well to rain. Um, especially mature cherries. So uh, just a little bit of rain can cause um, some scarring and, and damage on the outside of the, the piece of fruit, but heavy rain will cause the cherries to split and the fruit will literally split apart and expose the, um, the pit in the middle, uh, making it essentially you know unusable. And unfortunately for California growers, that's exactly what happened. The, uh, the heavy rains that we had, oh, about three weeks ago now, essentially wiped out California growers. Uh, there were some certain regions that were able to uh, recover and harvest a little bit of fruit where others were completely wiped out and, and essentially had to um, just pull out a harvest altogether. And the little bit of fruit that was left uh, was used to cover pre-commitments. Uh, that being said, now we're, you know, three weeks later, we've, we're coming out of a, a very dry spell with absolutely no availability, and we're transitioning into the Pacific Northwest harvest. So sh growers up there are just scratching the surface right now, um, but over the course of the next two weeks, volume will continue to increase, and uh, we'll see prices come down. Um, obviously, at the, the beginning of a, a new crop, a new harvest, especially after having such limited availability, prices are still escalated, but um, they'll level out and we expect to have a really good season for the next uh, six to eight weeks. I'm really looking forward to the upcoming cherry harvest because I love Rainier cherries and I can't wait to get my hands on some. I also can't wait to try Pluot now that Sean has opened my eyes and let me know that they even exist. Thank you, Sean, for chatting with me, and thank you all for listening. Remember to follow Colorful Plates on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes, tips, and tricks. Have an awesome week. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, and as always, stay fresh. <laughs>